called Ghost Stories, Not So Spooky Stories About the Holy Ghost. Okay? So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' name, Father, we ask your anointing upon me as I deliver your word, upon each person, each heart, each ear as they hear it. Bless this time I move aside, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, 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 amen. Well, last week or two weeks ago, we started it and and we started this series and explained uh, who the Holy Spirit is, not what, but who the Holy Spirit is. Of course, we know that the Holy Spirit is God, all the same character, all the same nature, all the same attributes and power as God. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And we should pray to the Holy Spirit as God. We should honor the Holy Spirit as God and expect the Holy Spirit to guide us. Remember, we studied that he is the paracletus, remember, which means counselor and guide and comforter, all right? Now, this last week, we went over a particular story, uh, a character in the Bible whose name was Gideon, okay? We saw that Gideon was a man that God chose to deliver his nation, his country, Israel, from the control of the Midianites. Uh, Midianites were horrible, cruel people, and they'd come in and plunder uh, the nation. And we saw three things in that message last week that, that God used him after a turning point in Judges chapter 6, verse 34. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and from that point forward, he was a different man, a mighty man of valor. We saw three things there, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, methods change, minds change, and miracles start happening. God reduced his 30,000-member army to 300 men. And he defeated them with 300 men because God said, I don't want Israel to be able to brag that they have done this in their own strength. And so it went from 30,000 to 300, and he went on ahead and he defeated them. Wow. Uh, and, and that was exciting to see. And we ended last week's message with, with, uh, with taking a sword, remember? A sword for the Lord and a sword for us and cutting down the Midianites that were in our life. Now today we're going to look at another colorful biblical character, one of my favorite characters. His name is Peter, okay? And we're going to look at what happened in Peter's life before, you know, like you have B.C., and then, you know, you have before Christ and after Christ. Well, this is going to be B-H-G, before the Holy Ghost in Peter's life. And then we're going to look at A-Holy Ghost, G-H-G. I'm, I'm, I can't get the letters right here. So before the Holy Ghost in Peter's life and then after. He's a, he's a very dramatic, captivating character, just as powerful as Gideon. We're all pretty familiar with Peter. And we want to look at this before and after story and draw from his life into our life story, okay? Now, I think that the Holy Spirit gave me these two characters, Gideon and Peter, for a reason. I think it's because there's so much of Gideon and there's so much of Peter in all of us, all of the humanness, all of those flaws, all of those things that, that they have in their life, we have in our life. When I think about Peter, and y'all follow me just for a second, I'll draw a little word picture for you here. When I think about Peter, this is what I think of. I think about a shrimp boat in Cameron or Delcom. Have y'all ever been there at the docks and watched or even seen a picture of it? If you haven't, you need to go check it out. It really is cool to watch. And I picture this guy about this high, a shrimper who's wearing these white rubber boots. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 
His jeans are tucked into those rubber boots. His shirt is probably unbuttoned. He might have a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Look like he's been there for three weeks. And his hair's all ruffled and everything. His skin looks like it's leather that's been tanned a dark color. He's, he's just, his skin is just sunburned, literally, okay? And he's standing there, and he's got a big smile on his face, working as though the world depends on it. Not pretty, not fancy, but all heart. And that's what I picture Peter to be. I like those kind of people. Now, before the Holy Spirit and then after the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. I want to start there, and I want you to hear what Jesus said about this fisherman in the white rubber boots, (laughs) smelling like fish. Listen to this, what Jesus said. Verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and some others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. But what do you say, he asked, who do you say I am? Now look at verse 16. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, look at verse 17. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, Petros, the rock. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Now, I want you to understand something before I go any further, that when Jesus said, and I tell you that you are Peter, this rock, and on this rock I will build my church, he's not talking about that he's going to build his church on Peter, although there was an apostolic beginning of the churches that is undeniable that the apostles started the original church. But he's going to build his church on Peter's revelation of who the Christ is. Are you with me? Okay? So yes, Peter was there in the very beginning, and the apostolic foundation of the church is undeniable. But the church was founded on this revelation that Peter had, that Christ is the Son of God. So really the foundation and the, and, 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 and the rock of the church that started it was Jesus Christ himself. Now, let's look for a second. I want to just go over this, like last week, as a point-counterpoint. I've got three simple messages, very simple the Holy Spirit gave me, and three counterpoint uh, points that, that show Peter before and after the Holy Ghost. And I believe, first of all, and this is what the Holy Spirit showed me, that, that Peter, before the Holy Ghost, trusted and reacted in his own strength a lot of times. He trusted in and he reacted in his own strength a whole bunch of times. Look at John chapter 18 with me just for a second. This is where Jesus had finished praying. This was the night that he was betrayed. And he crosses over the Kidron Valley to the other side. And there's an olive grove there. And him and his disciples go in and and he goes to pray and to meet with them. And he was betrayed by Judas. Okay. 
Judas knew where he was going to be, and Judas had betrayed him for the, for the silver uh, coins, remember? And, and, and he led the soldiers and the chief priests and the Pharisees to Jesus, and they come to Jesus, and they ask him all these questions and interrogate him. He said, yes, I'm him. I'm the, I'm the guy you're looking for. And, 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 and he says, uh, what do you want with me? And, and they said, well, we're just looking for Jesus. And he said, I already told you, I'm him. And, and, and he said, but if it's me you're looking for, because he knew where they were going with this, he says, let these guys go. Let, let, let my friends here go if it's me that you're coming after, okay? Now, this is getting kind of intense. You've got all these soldiers. Now, that's the equivalent today of, of, of our army or our, our Marines, or, or, and, and they're standing there with the M16s, and they have this really serious look on their face, and they're about to, to do something, and, everyone's, and, and, and the pressure is building here. And then in verse 10, look what happens in verse 10. <laughs> And then Simon Peter, who had a sword. Now, this was a small waist sword. It wasn't a long three-foot sword. It was a small one. He drew it out, and he struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. He drew his sword, and he cut off the right ear of Malchus. Now, he, hold on, I'm going somewhere. He took out the sword and he cut off his ear. Do you think he was just wanting to cut his ear off? No. I don't think he was that good with that sword. He was trying to kill this guy. And he cut his ear off accidentally. I think he was used to lines and hooks and shrimp baits and trolls and stuff like that. And he didn't know how to use his sword. And he went and he sliced his ear off. Now listen to what Jesus tells Peter. Jesus commands Peter, Peter... Put away your sword. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Peter, you still don't understand. In the same passage, the same story in the book of Luke, it's recorded this way. Jesus looks at Peter and says, quote, No more of this, Peter. No more of this. And he touches Malchus' ear and puts it back on and heals it instantly onto the side of his head. And then in Mark, the same passage in Mark, it says after that, everyone deserts Jesus and fled. Everyone deserts, even Peter. They, all of a sudden, they desert, and there's Jesus. Okay, now, now picture this, picture this. Jesus really is looking at Peter, and he's saying this. Peter, not again, please. Come on, dude, no more of this. Stop this. When are you going to stop and think for a second? When are you going to pray? When are you going to ask God what to do? When are you going to do something in the spirit here instead of just acting everything out in the flesh? He's looking at Peter, and he's saying, come on, Peter, you got to grow sometimes. You know, here's Peter who was at the transfiguration, and he said, oh, let's build a, a tabernacle here. Let's build us a camp here. This is so cool. This, this is, you know, I mean, look at this, the bright lights and everything else. And so let's just, we're going to build us a little house here. Okay, that, that's the way Peter reacts to stuff. You know, he's the one who had just told Jesus just before this, he says, I'll never desert you, Lord, even if I die. <laughs> he's saying, come on, Peter, come here, come, come close here. I need to talk to you. Now, he had, he had previously, just before this, said, and Peter, on your revelation, I'm going to build a church. It's God who revealed this to you, Peter. I, I, I love you. You're going to be important in the kingdom of God. But listen here, Peter. You've you got to stop this acting out in the flesh stuff. You've got to stop, like Jesse Duplantis said, he fits a carnality. 
Have you ever had a fit of carnality in your life? Come on, just me and June? Have you ever had a fit of carnality in your life? Come on. Well, come on, y'all sitting there grinning. You could raise your hand. If you have a hand, you better raise it, okay? You see, Peter had a, a master's degree in the school of forge ahead in your own strength. Maybe a PhD. He, had, he was a dual degree holder. He had another master's degree from the school of impetuousness. This guy just did it and thought what, to, what would happen and, and what the consequences would be after he did it. All right? Now, here's our warning. Here's our warning is that impetuous, carnal reactions, speaking, decisions, all of these things that we do just off of the cuff in our own strength as Peter did here and Peter did many times in his life, they affect other people. They don't only harm you. They affect the heart of God. It grieves God's heart, and it has collateral damage, they call it in the service. Right, Brother Daniel? Collateral damage. It hurts those people around you that it affects. So don't be too hard on old Pete here. Okay, we better check our life story and see how many Malchuses are in our life. How many of you have a Malchus in your life? Okay, I'm raising my hand. I'm honest. How many of you cut off somebody's ear? Well, not literally cut somebody's ear off, but how many of you have murdered in your heart by speaking bad about somebody? Ooh, come on. I see a few more hands. How many of you have made quick and hasty, off-the-cuff decisions without any prayer or thought or Holy Spirit guidance whatsoever? How many train wrecks have you caused in your relationships and your finances and everything because you didn't take time to seek the Lord or do anything at all and you just forged ahead and your name was... Peter, all right? On the railroad, they had two guys. <laughs> there was one particular man from Houston, and he had a perfect mouth mark and like a, like a shark and just part of his ear. He had gotten in a fight on the railroad, and a guy bit, bit his ear. You could see it completely off, okay? And I remember after uh, I got saved and had heard this story, I remember looking at him, and I would chuckle every time. I said, I better not chuckle too much because he's a big dude. He may come over here and beat me up. But I said, man, I wonder, that's a Peter story. Someone bit part of his ear off. I'm sure it was an impetuous fight of some kind. And the, I mean, to bite somebody's ear off. Come on, think about that for a second. But how many of us have a Malchus in our life? How many of us do things impetuously and just forge forth? and not think before we go. <laughs> we have a group of guys that I call the three musketeers. I'm one of them. <laughs> we, we do a, quite a bit. There's about five or six, seven, really, who do this, a, a lot of work. But when we were building this building, he, there's one of them in the here. He smiled at me from the back. And, and I, I call us the three musketeers. We're all older. We have three different personalities. But one of us just forges ahead and gets things done at all costs. The other one is Mr. Perfection and wants it to be just right. And the other one tries to kind of be a balance. So there's three levels of us. Okay? He's grinning at me from the back. <laughs> and when we work here at the church, it is a comedy. And the other one just walked in. It is a comedy. <laughs> because we, and, and they know, and those of you who work here, you know what I'm talking about. It is a trip. We are a show, man. And, 
and we were working this week, and, and Caleb was here too, and Brother Kirk was here. I mean, there's other people, Brother Dennis were here and all, but I was watching. And at one point, one of the three stooges, the three musketeers, came walking and Caleb and I were putting the door to the bathroom back here and putting in the plumbing, the toilet, and the sink and all that stuff. And the other of the, th of two of the three stooges, the three musketeers were upstairs working. And one of them came down and he walked through and he was laughing and I just grinned, y'all. And he looked, he said, I'm trying to tell him to do that. I'm trying to tell him. He just won't listen to me. And when I was preparing this message, I thought about us, and I said, you know, it's really amazing. He's grinning at me, too, from the back right now. <laughs> and it's amazing how much of these guys is in all of us. Have you been there? Have you ever had your wife say, would you slow down for a second? Whoa, boy, hold on here, because you're just going a little too fast here, okay? Have you ever had someone tell you just the opposite? Would you please do something? Are y'all catching this? Now, they're conversing in the back because they're planning a strategy to pay me back. They're, they're back there right now conversing, okay? But Peter, many times, trusted and reacted in his own strength. Secondly, before the Holy Ghost in Peter's life, Peter feared man more than God. In all honesty, he feared man more than God. Mark chapter 14, Luke chapter 22. Jesus is arrested here. We just read it. And he's taken to the high priest in the Sanhedrin. Now, everyone deserted Jesus. Two guys, the apostle John and the apostle Peter, are following, hiding behind trees and following as they take Jesus to court, okay? Peter works his way into the courtyard so he's right below where Jesus is being accused of all of these things. And Peter is standing there, and a servant girl sees him and says, listen to this, you were with that Nazarene Jesus. And Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about. Second time, the servant girl sees him, and she says, no, 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 hey, guys, this guy right here is one of those fellows with, with that guy that they got up there because I, I, he, he's one of those. And again, Jesus denies it a second time and then she says again no no surely you're one of them you have that accent from from Cameron you're a Galilean you're a fisherman and verse 71 it says that Peter begins to call down curses on himself oh, may lightning hit me if I know him no don't say that by the way ever okay uh you know Curses on me if I ever knew him. And then he starts cursing to them. And he says, I don't know this man that you're talking about. Now, in this account in the book of Luke, it says at that point, the Lord Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter right in his eyes. And it says, Peter remembered what Jesus had spoke to him. And he said, before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Now, church, listen to me. Here is the same man who stepped out of a boat and walked on water, denying the one that he was looking at who said, I bid you come, Peter, and walked on the water. He had just seen, Peter had just seen Jesus put the ear back on, not with silly tape or with, 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 with what's that, super glue. He healed it. It was totally restored. 
He had seen Jesus walk on water. He had seen the miracles, the raising of the dead. He had seen these things that Jesus had done, and now he denies him. What, what, what's going on here? What, what's happening? I know what's going on. The fear of man has come upon him more than the fear of God. The fear of man has taken over Peter. And Peter is consumed with that wicked spirit of the fear of man. And those spirits or that spirit, the fear of man, believe me, is very, very wicked. That door for that spirit to come in can be opened up voluntarily or involuntarily. But it's got to be taken authority over. You've got to stop it. Now listen. I know about this spirit because I've suffered with it all my life. See, the root spirit we learned on Wednesday, for those of you that weren't here, on the last 11 Wednesdays and heard Pastor Robert Morris preach on deliverance from this, the root of fear of man is rejection. So if you've been rejected, you have this fear of man. You don't want to be rejected again, and it forces these things in you, and all of a sudden you become someone that, that you really aren't. Let me talk to you for a second about peer pressure in schools. Do you all know it, that that causes suicides with young people? Bullying. How about that? Bullying. We hear these reports of these young people committing suicide because of bullying. How about parents who make their children walk on eggshells? How about bosses who manage through fear tactics? Um, they, they dangle your job in front of you like a carrot all the time. How about pastors who abuse their Authority, their spiritual authority, and everything is in ministry in the church is done out of guilt, and they pour that guilt on you, okay? You see, the root cause of this is rejection. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to feel like whatever. Now, now you've got to understand something, and I shared this the other Wednesday. I'm the youngest of three sons. My two brothers were very smart, very, very smart. And, and so if I made good grades, I had to really work for them. Anything that I did, I had to strive to do this. And so I always felt, and then they, were, they, they didn't get along very well, and they were always at each other, uh, butting heads. So my parents were always trying to put out the fight between them. And I was in the corner hollering, hey, somebody, I'm alive over here. Would you please give me some attention? So I wanted approval. I wanted to have that same attention that they were getting. And I grew up in this. Now, my parents were not cruel to me. They were great. You know, they were wonderful. But it, was, it happens like that sometimes in homes. So I always wanted to feel accepted. I always wanted that. And my father died from one day to the next he was gone and, and I was 18 years old and so I never had that relationship with him so I was always looking for that approval for that father figure in my life have you ever been there sure and because of that it developed into I'll do anything to get approval and to please everybody now let me tell you something it's not just me 99.9% .9 of pastors suffer with this especially mostly in denominational churches because all the committees control them. And so they're constantly under the fear of the committees and, the, and, 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 and all that stuff, okay? Thirdly, now listen to this, this one with Peter. Before the Holy Ghost, he focused more on the natural than the spiritual. Mark 14 and John 21. Listen, he had told, quote, Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Uh, oh. That's the same guy who just denied him three times. And in John 21, 
Jesus had already been resurrected and had appeared numerous times to his disciple. And listen to what Peter says. This was after Jesus was crucified, after he had been resurrected. In 40 days, he had appeared many times and done mighty works with his disciples. And they're sitting around, and look what Peter says. Look, this is very, very spiritual. I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. Church, I'll see y'all later. I'm going fishing. Uh, bye. I'm going fishing. Peter focused on the natural more than the spiritual. What happened between Mark 14, I will die for you, and John 21, I'm gone fishing. From going completely focused on spiritual things, completely willing to die from Jesus Christ, to I'm going fishing. Now, the Holy Spirit gave me this. I think I should change it. You know, that, that call him impetuous Peter. I think it should be called ping pong Peter. Because it's true. He just boom, 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 boom. He bounced all over the place. All right? Now, now, now that, that's strange. Isn't it, you know, everything I've described here, isn't it just like Peter, but isn't it just like you and me? Don't we do the same? Come on now, church. Let, let's be honest here. We come in here, and we're all spiritual on Sunday, but tomorrow morning, what are we? Okay? Really, think about it. We, we, you know, we, we have to make decisions that seem real spiritual with our children, or if you're talking to me or things are going on, but, but when the rubber meets the road, what are we? Who are we? Do we revert back to that natural self or are we a Christian all the time? Does our relationship with Jesus Christ really control us all the time? You know, we're, we're in here in church, but when it comes between church and a fishing trip, church and a golf game, church and a football game, church and a whatever, uh, uh, a time in prayer and reading the Bible and, and that special time with the Lord and, 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 and something else is, oh, and I got an invitation to go and Daniel calling me, invited me to go do this. Am I going to say, no, Daniel, I'm sorry. I, I've got between 8 and 10 o'clock is me and God. You understand what I'm saying here? And all of us, including me, fight with this. You know, the spirit man and the natural man, my, as I said earlier, my first pastor, Brother Francis Martin, he used to say, you know, I looked down this morning and the old crucified natural man, he said, he didn't really die, he just fainted. Come on now, church. Come on. Y'all looking at me like a bunch of cows at a new gate. All of y'all, come on, wake up. I want you to understand this. This is real. Come on, give me some feedback. This is where the rubber meets the road. Are we going to be Peter before the Holy Spirit or after? Now listen to this. Peter with the Holy Ghost. Peter after the Holy Ghost. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Let's see what happens. Let's see when this happened in Peter's life. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Check this out. Peter after the Holy Ghost. This is the beginning of Acts. And it says, on one occasion when Jesus was eating with them... He gave him this commandment. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with, what does your Bible say? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Now turn with me to Acts 2, chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost came... 
They were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Key, three words, each of them. Peter was in there. Each of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now listen to me. At this point, Peter changed. And instead of living and trusting in his own strength, his trust in God increased. Now, you know what tells me that? Look at verse 14 of chapter 2. Here is the same man who said just days before, not years, just days before, I don't know him. I don't know who that is up there. I just came for the show. I'm figuring they're probably going to crucify him or something. I don't know who he is, but it's nice and warm by this fire, and they might be handing out chips and dip here if they, if, when the show goes on. I don't know who he is. No, no ma'am, I do not know. And he starts cursing and saying, I'm telling you, I don't know the man. Now, that's just days before. Now, now, now listen to this. L listen to this man. Here, here is the same man who had just, and he cut off in the flesh another guy's ear, okay? And listen to what he says. Acts 2, 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd and said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Now look at verse 22. He's still standing up and saying, men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It's the same guy. Look in verse 29. Brothers, I can imagine him now. He was probably in those same white rubber boots with his pants tucked in there. He probably had his shirt unbuttoned, but he was standing up this time. Can you picture that? And look what he says. Brothers, I can tell you confidently confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day but he was a prophet and known that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne seeking what was ahead he spoke of the resurrection of Christ that he was not abandoned to the grave nor that his body see decay God has raised this Jesus to life we are all witnesses of that fact 
exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the he was been received from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And then he looks at him and he takes it further. He pushes the pencil even more. In verse 38, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The same guy who had denied Jesus had the same Holy Spirit come upon him that came on Gideon and changed him completely to now trusting in God and trusting in his Lord Jesus and trusting in the Holy Spirit who he knew had come upon him and in him and now empowered him. The paracletos had now come upon him and he used it and he was not, he, he, was, he was increased. Secondly, his fear of man, this is point counterpoint, his fear of man decreased drastically. Look at Acts chapter 4. This is the same guy, y'all. This is the same guy. Look what he says. Chapter 4, verse 1. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the, and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They didn't quit. They were still witnessing. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put him in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Wow. Look at verse 8. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, he's addressing them. He's teaching them. He's not running from him. He's not cowering down. All of a sudden, here's this fisherman in his white rubber boots. He's teaching the priest. I mean, that's, that's amazing. All of a sudden, why? He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And look at, look at verse, verse 12. Salvation, he says, is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Look at verse 13. When they saw, when the priests and the, and, 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 and the rulers in the synagogue, when they saw, it says here, the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men in his white rubber boots, smelling like fish, they were astonished and they took note and said, these men have been with Jesus. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Now, now what happened? What happened here? I'm going to tell you what happened. The same Holy Ghost that got Gideon. The same Holy Ghost that got you when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Got Peter. But it was a Pentecost experience. The Holy Ghost came upon him, filled him. We're going to talk about that next week. Came upon him, not only upon him, but in him and flowing through them, speaking in other tongues. And all of a sudden, they got the power of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something. You can't beat that, church. 
the Holy Ghost is the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to give you power when normally you would have cowered under and, and gone, well, yeah, yeah, ha, 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 to your dirty joke or, 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 or yeah, and chipping in for your prejudices and all this kind of stuff. The Holy Ghost will get you to stand up like Peter. You see, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you say, listen, I'm sorry, you, you can go straight to hell if you want to, but I'm not. The Holy Ghost is the one who will give you the words to say, say, listen, I love you, but you've got to understand something. Jesus died for you to do that. You don't have to live like that. The Holy Ghost is the one who will give you the power to stand up and say, we're going to make it. Come on, church. We're going to make it. That's the Holy Spirit in you giving you that courage. That's the Holy Spirit in you giving you those things that you need to continue when everything else fails. Miss Gail, that's a Holy Spirit in you. That's going to raise you up and heal you completely in the name of Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit in you, my brother, that's healed you, and you are healed and strong in the name of Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's what Scripture says. And the Holy Ghost came upon, upon Peter, and he stood, and he was teaching the ones he was so afraid of. That's the same Holy Spirit, Deanie, that is going to create parts for little David. That is the same Holy Spirit who's going to raise this church up, and we're going to see people saved and serving God here in this church. It's not going to be the same three musketeers, three stooges all the time. We're going to have people running around here saying, Pastor, what can we do? Pastor, I'm saved. I want to serve God. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. That's the same Holy Spirit. That's a Gideon, get rid of them all. I only want 300 of them. Weed out 27,300, however many it was. I want 300 of them because I want to show you what I can do. And that's what happened. Lastly, third counterpoint, Peter's focus changed dramatically. His focus was totally different his focus was not on, hey, let's go fishing. I'm not against fishing, guys. I have, I have two kayaks. I love to kayak. I, it's, it's, it's from heaven, okay? But let me tell you something. My focus is here. This is my life. And her life and their life and their life up there in the booth. This is our life. If I have time, I'll go kayaking, which isn't very often. This is my focus because when the Holy Spirit came upon me, I said, I can do no other. I have to do this. And that's what Peter did in Acts chapter 8. Watch this. This is so cool. All of a sudden, you got a guy from, hey, hey, guys, I'm going fishing. I don't know about all this spiritual stuff right here. I'm going fishing. Listen to this. Verse 14 of, of chapter 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God... Samaria. Guys, that's like going to the worst heathen country in the world. They went going to Samaria, had accepted the word of God. They sent, what does your Bible say? They sent Brother Daniel and Brother Marshall. They sent who? Peter and John to them. And when they had arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive who? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon, Peter, 
saw that the Spirit was given on by the laying of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. That's not Simon Peter, I'm sorry. When Simon, another guy, Simon, offered them money, and he said, Give me also this ability so that everyone whom I lay my hands may receive. Peter answered, May your money perish with you. He wanted to pay him for what he saw Peter had. All of a sudden, Peter is focused on ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, from that point on, listen to me, church. Peter no longer wanted to go fishing for whatever you catch in over there. What is it? It's not bass. Whatever they catch over there. He didn't want to go get scaly fish anymore. From that point on. Listen, church. Remember what Jesus told him when he first met him? He said, come with me. I will make you fishers. What? Of men. He said, come with me. I will make you fishers of men. Now, Peter went this whole circle. He went from this impetuous, just this, just do everything in my own strength, and bid me that I would walk on the water. Then he looked and saw the waves, got scared, and he said, unbelief, and he started sinking. The whole story. I'll die with you. And then he denies Jesus three times. And then here he is standing up and thousands of people coming to the Lord Jesus Christ because of his ministry. And it says he's no longer out in a boat. He's out. Watch church. In the neighborhood. Telling people about Jesus Christ and laying hands on them. And they receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this whole story is about this. This whole thing I'll share with you is about this, this one thing. You heard his whole story, the whole thing, the full circle. Where are you in your life story, in his Holy Ghost story? We were talking before, my brother Tim. You know where you are. I see your head's doing this. Where are you in his story, in your story? Are you consumed with fishing for earthly fish? You can call that whatever you want. You can categorize it. There's, There's about 20 different things you can call that. Or have you gone through your Pentecost and the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. I want you fishing for men. Not a complicated message. Not a complicated God. Not a complicated character for today. It's a simple shrimp boat fisherman from Cameron and God said 
on your revelation, Peter, I'm going to build my church. Do you have that revelation? Or is it just something that we waltz in here and do on Sundays? Because if it is, that will eventually expose itself in your life. It won't expose yours in my life. It'll expose it in your life. And y'all all know what I mean. Come on. Peter went from this guy who was just kind of <laughs> a ping pong back and forth. How many of you here have seen the movie Rocky? I love Rocky movies. I think there's like 10 of them. Every time one of them comes on, I drive June crazy. She goes, oh, please, not again. I love them. Come on. How many of you have seen the movie Rocky? Come on. If you don't like Rocky, man, you're not an American. We need to, we need to get you citizenship. Come on. At least every man in here. Come on. Raise your hand. Who's seen Rocky? Peter went from someone who was cowering down and saying, don't hit me too hard on my back, to a Rocky who was saying, come on, hit me. Come on, guys. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Ghost. Now, here's how we end it. Who needs some of that in their life? Raise your hand. Stand with me. Who's been rejected? Who's been hurt? Who feels that they're tired of being people pleasers and, 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 and fearful of man? And who, who's tired of, of every on Monday morning denying Jesus? Well, I don't deny him. Well, you do by the way you live. You do by the decisions you make. You do by the way you treat people. Denying him when you mean and ugly and you you just cursing people and all you you're denying Jesus Christ in you. Oh, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. When you're cheating and stealing and trying to wheel and deal with God, you're denying Jesus Christ. When you refuse to tithe, you're denying Jesus Christ. That's a pretty bold statement. I never thought I'd ever hear me say that because I was so afraid of man. You don't tithe. You're denying Jesus Christ. You're also calling a curse down on you. Is that correct? Is this true? When you harbor hate in your heart towards your mother-in-law, your daughter-in-law, your sister-in-law, somebody, you're denying Jesus Christ. Come on, you need to be a Peter here. You need to stand up and say, come on, Holy Ghost, come upon me and just wash me. I'm tired of this. Let's pray together, and then if you need individual prayer, you can come this way, because we have a baby dedication. Brother Stu and Miss Hannah, we're going to dedicate Philip John Britton, and the family's here, but we're going to pray first, and if you want to stay for the dedication, you're welcome to stay, and they're going to come up, and we're going to, if you've never seen that or experienced that, you're welcome to stay. I know they'd love to have you. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we pray in his name, the name above all names, that we could maybe be like Peter after the Holy Ghost on him and in him. Lord, I don't want to deny you. 
I want to stand up and say, men of Israel, men of Lafayette, men of Youngsville, men of Broussard, men of New Iberia, men of Kaplan, men, this is Jesus Christ who you crucified. I want to be able to stand up and say, my Lord is Jesus Christ. Come on.